Hi there and welcome to episode number 40 of The Writing Guy podcast. I'm Scott Keyes of The Writing Guy, helping professionals to write human and change the world with their words. I was going to talk today, um, I'd intended to get back to cocky, if you remember troll number two in my ebook. Um, but if you'll, if you'll indulge me, I want to spend this episode talking a bit more about poetry and rhythm and poetic meter because it's kind of, it's really exercising me and uh, I hope it's of vague interest to you as well in terms of just adding to your appreciation of and love for the, the English language. But um, a couple of episodes ago I shared with you this kind of mini insight I had um, based on on uh, studying Stephen Fry's book, The Ode Less Travelled. And the, the insight I had was the poetic meter or rhythm forces us to stress the syllables that carry the most meaning, uh, which makes absolute sense. And, that, and that's where the sound and the sense, the sound and the meaning are working, are working together. And if you remember, I... Uh, quoted an example from uh, a Wilfred Owen line um, where I talked about the word corrupted and, and, and the, the, the stem of that word is rupt from uh, the word to break, Latin and Sanskrit. And so uh, rhythm forces us to stress the syllables that carry the, the most meaning. And then I, you know, that's got me really thinking, that got me thinking about this whole rhythm thing uh, and the the energy behind it, and um, I'm just going to share with you what I kind of wrote, some notes I I, I, I wrote in my book, uh, just my notebook, and the question I was asking myself is, what's the difference between rhythmic poetry and prose? And the obvious difference is the poetry's rhythm is organised, it's ordered, it's regulated. Um, and and it seems to me that the the meter constrains the language and forces precision on the writer in other words it forces us to find the word or phrase that fits both the sound and the sense and the the metaphor of the analogy that came to mind that comes to mind is is of narrowing a river the constraint of meter gives poetry greater force and power and even spirit. You know, if you imagine you narrow the banks of a river, you narrow the course of a river, it's going to flow much quicker and with greater force and, and impetus. And I think that's, that's one of the effects of sticking to rhythm or meter, that discipline uh, imbues our language with greater vigour. And that's why I think of all the literary arts, poetry has to be the highest because that metrical constraint demands an expression that is pure and precise and concentrated and distilled and condensed and essential and strips back uh, to its core, the most fundamental element of whatever whatever the, the poem is about. Uh, so it penetrates to what I call the heart of the matter and carries the, vi- the vital meaning. And if you imagine, you know, without, without the constraint or discipline of metre, you, you'd never get that precision and that purity uh, 
Um, poetic meter, the other thing I sort of wrote is the poetic meter channels the life force of words. So I'm a great believer in, in the fact that every word has its own level of energy. And obviously some are more energetic than others. They're, 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 they're vital, their vitality. I mean, I think you know, that's one of the things, the main thing possibly I, I absolutely love about language is the, the energy it conveys or can convey. And conversely, you know, that's why corporate speak and management speak, which is so lifeless and dehumanized and woolly and just lazy and flabby and flaccid just turns me off and, um, and gets me so annoyed, you know, I, I know I need to get out more. But um, so what I'm saying is the Poetometer helps our writing to pierce the reader. And you know, we've got this word in English, which is poignant, which is from the French poignardé, which means to stab or pierce. And that's what great writing does, doesn't it? It, it's, it stabs you, it pierces your heart, it moves you, and, and that's, that's what I love about it. And I've been reading about um, the 18th stroke 19th century poet Robert Southey, who was, um, as I understand, he was actually an old wet, so he went to Westminster School as I did, although he did get expelled for writing some seditious paper or something, so you know his career didn't last very long. And then he went up to study, I think it was law at Balliol at Oxford. Um, and he was, he was the poet laureate. He was one of the romantic lake poets. And as I've just discovered, he was um, uh, Samuel Taylor Col Coleridge's, another romantic poet, Samuel Taylor Coleridge's brother-in-law. I think Samuel Taylor Coleridge married the sister of, of Southey's wife. Anyway, all that's just background, but, but I love what he wrote. I need to find it. I love what Robert Southey wrote about great writing. Um, he says, if you would be pungent, which is an old word for, for penetrating, from the Latin pungence, if you would be pungent, be brief, for it is with words as with sunbeams. The more they are condensed, the deeper they burn. And I think I'm going to leave it there and leave that as, um, as the bottom line for this episode 40 on the power uh, and the vitality of poetic meter. Thanks for listening and I'll see you tomorrow for, um, well obviously I won't see you physically much as I'd like to, uh, but I'll see you tomorrow for episode 41. Thanks very much. Bye now.